After a long and anticipated break, we are back for the final round of the F2 2023 season. And it will go. Will it go down to the last race, or will it be wrapped up in the sprint race? But before that, let's look back at a really good F3 Macau Grand Prix. Welcome to Formula Talk. My name is Sophia, and joining me today, returning back to help co-host, it is George. Hello. Afternoon, Sophia. Glad to be back. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm excited. It's been I've been waiting for F2 to come back. It's since Monza was the last time we raced, so it has been a lot going on, and we got a lot of things to cover and a lot of news as well in the support series sphere. But before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for your baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And also, make sure you're following us on all our social media channels at Grid Talk UK to stay up to date with this show and also our sister show, Grid Talk. Macau Grand Prix, we previewed it, myself and Tom, last week. We made some crazy predictions. Some of it came true, I think. Some of them, we had a really big outlier, and it was very similar to how it went down at F4, where it was a clean sweep. But let's look at some of the standings. So in free practice one, we had Gabriel Mini take the top with Luke Browning in P2 and Richard Fashore, who I flagged would actually have a really good race weekend. In free practice two, Paul Aaron take the top spot, Luke Browning again taking P2 and Mary Boyer in P3. Qualifying, very different from Formula 4. There was two sets of qualifying. In qualifying one, Gabrielle Mini took the top with Luke Browning again <laughs> in P2. You can see the pattern coming in. And Dino Boganovic in P3. Quali two, slightly different. Luke Browning took the top spot. Gabrielle Mini took P2. And Dino Boganovic P3. So pretty much the same in both qualifiers. So because of that, they combined the best times and the overall qualifying results was Browning in P1 and Mini in P2, and Dino P3. Big gaps, well, actually, no, not really big gaps. It was a 205.435 for Luke, and then it was a 205.441 for Mini, so very close to each other. Qualifying race, there's two retirees, Dan Tictum and Hugo, on the first lap, which out of 10. But the podium was Luke Browning, Alex Dunn, which is a high-tech 1-2, and Gabrielle Mini in P3. Luke, sorry, not Luke. Alex jumped from P6 to P2 and was 2.097 seconds behind Luke. Now I'm going to pass it off to George for the feature race because there was a lot that went on. And it was, if no one's seen the highlights, you can watch it on YouTube. It is actually quite a great race to see. Yeah, that was going to be the point that I made as well, is that it's a totally free race weekend, like you guys were saying in the preview as well, which I think is amazing. People talk about the paywall in Formula One. Well, there is, there is no paywall. All you have to do is go on YouTube. And I'm pretty sure the full live stream will still probably be there as well for, for everything. So yeah, Luke Browning just just bossed it, really. That's what I put in my notes. He fended off the Boganovic shoot into the first corner on the second lap. Channing in the meantime. I'll be honest, 
I've never actually watched the Macau Grand Prix live. I've watched bits throughout, but looked at the history of it, obviously, in the past. But I never actually watched it live. So I did that for the first time, for the first time this year. And I was thoroughly entertained by seeing the F3 cars and seeing all the guys from different categories and everything all combining for this one race just to see who was the top dog in F3. And it was Brown who came out on top with that. Dennis Hauger put in a great drive. He came over in second and Mini rounded off the podium in third. I just got to as well. I mean, the circuit, if anybody's not seen an attempt to probably try and uh, get to, get Formula One cars going around there. So it's a very unique event. If you've never seen it before, do go watch it on YouTube. I couldn't recommend it enough. I had a really good time watching it. I'm sure you did as well, Sophia. Yeah, it was very chaotic. We had a lot of DNFs as well come in, but there were seven different constructors in the top 10. Some of the biggest gems was Richard Vestore, who was from P12 to P6. Oliver Goethe came from P21 to P9. Dan Tickdom, who was on the bottom row of the grid, came into P13. I'll mention Sophia first because she was one of the discussion points we had in the review preview show. She finished P11 from P15 and was the highest out of the Van Amersford Racing's the three drivers. But yeah, I'm do that. It was a non F3 points kind of race, but it'll be interesting to see them to add it on. Obviously, it doesn't follow suit with F1's calendar, so it won't happen, but it made it really interesting to see. And there were some red flags. We had a car that burst into flames, which was Paul Aaron. Luckily, safely, he was able to climb out and was deemed fine. It was just, yeah, no idea how it was even allowed, but how it even happened. But crazy to think. And it's only 15 laps, so it's not even like that long to watch. You could watch it. I mean, after the red flag, which was an hour, it was only probably about, what, 30 minutes of racing of that. But yeah, let's move on to some news. If you haven't listened to Grid Talk's preview of Abu Dhabi, or will be when this episode gets released, we have some drivers who will be taking place in the free practice of F1 in Abu Dhabi. Isaac Hajar will be in the Red Bull, returning during his break in F2. Firstly, will be back again in the Mercedes. The reigning F2 champion, Felipe Djokovic, is back in the Aston Martin. Duin is in the Alpine, and this is also Duin's last F2 season, which is crazy to think about. F3 runner-up and 2024 F2 driver, Williams Academy, Zach O'Sullivan, will be in the Williams. Teo Porchero will come back in the Alfa Romeo on what could be his winning weekend. And Haas will have Ollie Behrman. That's one F2 champion, an F3 runner-up, and five current F2 drivers. And speaking of five, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you would take five <laughs> to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if, it, and if you're one of the 72% of people who have not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, share, subscribe, and follow. Previewing Abu Dhabi. I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited. Final race, we have some contenders coming down. We have Teo Pochera, Frederick Vesti, and Owasa still in contention. It, I think it's going to go down to the feature race. It won't be wrapped up into the sprint. Pretty much each of them have led the championship at one stage during the 2023 season and have at least a pole and a feature race victory. Teo has 191 points, followed by Bestie, which is 166, 
and Owasa uh, Hunjin and Prama in general, though, have been quick all year. Pretty much have won both races in single uh, weekends three times already. So it looks very more likely to be Vesti. Maybe. Who knows? Teo has never had a podium in Abu Dhabi going back in both F2 and F3. Vesti is also the most recent winner, taking the win out of the three in the Monza Sprint, which was actually the last weekend F2 took place. Who should take George? Who do you think are those three? Who is more likely to wrap up this championship? If you look at the points gap, the heavy favourite has to be Theo Porsche. And you look at Porsche's history in F2, I think this is probably his third or fourth season in F2. Obviously, he joined very young. I think he was only 17 when he joined F2. It's been coming for a long time. He has been touted as a, a future Formula 1 driver, a future Sauber, Alfa Romeo Potentially Audi, whatever the name of the team is, when he eventually gets in there, he's been touted as that for a very long time. The points gap is a big one, not an insurmountable one, of course. There's still a lot to play for. And like you as well, I think it'll probably go down to the feature. I imagine Vesti and potentially Owasa as well will still be in the fight going into that. But like you said, it's not a good trap for him. He's never done well in Abu Dhabi before. And I watched the highlights of the, the sprint and feature race from last year before doing this call. And yeah, it was not a good weekend. For, for Porsche, or Vesti, really, particularly, for that matter. Owasa, though, he won the feature race in Abu Dhabi last year. Now, obviously, some people may say, oh, the championship was rounded up by then. They had nothing to fight for. They weren't trying to that. I say that's a load of rubbish. Those guys go and give 100% all the time. They're always in the shop window, especially in F2. It's called the road to F1 for a reason. You've always got to impress. You're, lo- you're not allowed an off weekend. Simple as that. So, yeah, I think Porsche is very much a heavy favourite, but he's going to have the pressure on him. Vesti and Owasa... They've got nothing to lose. They're just going to go for it. And I expect them both to do very well, particularly Oasa in Yas Marina. But it all depends on Porsche. All he has to do is get some solid points in both races. But it's Formula 2. All the cars are even. The drivers are all going to be trying. And everybody else is obviously trying to impress too. So it's going to be a frantic and, and eventful weekend in F2, I'm sure. Definitely. And we actually have some driver changes as well. We have Paul Aaron is making his debut in Formula 2. He's replacing uh, Clement Novelak, um for the final race in Trident. Franco Colapinto will be replacing Jehan de Rubla for the MP. He is also confirmed to be in the MP's um, 2024 seat alongside Dennis Halga next season. Be interesting to see for that. Looking back, though, pretty much the first F2 race dated back in 2017. It is the same second length, obviously, as F1, so the 5.281 kilometers. The sprint race will be 23 laps taking place on Saturday, and the feature race is, I believe, still being determined because I have heard it was like 28 laps, but then I've heard 29. It's not even on the website how much is actually on the feature race, how many laps, which is surprising. The circuit record is currently held by F1 driver Oscar Piastri back in 2021 with the fastest lap of a 135.077. Looking at qualifying last year, it was Owasa who took pole, followed by Roy Nassani in P2, which is surprising to say. Table chair was P3, and then in the reverse grid, Rishore was on pole, Liam Lawson was in P2, and Amarillo Cordial was in P3. Sprint race, podium, pretty much two drivers who are not involved in Formula 2 anymore. Liam Larson took pole as I took top podium. Richard Vashura came in P2 and Felipe Djokovic in P3. 
And as George has mentioned, Oasa did win the feature race last year. Felipe Djokovic was in P2 and Liam Lawson was in P3. So it really is anybody's game. Looking back, even which I DNF'd in the feature race, you have Vessi that finished P11. It's very interesting to see what's going to happen. Obviously, Oasa. George, what do you think? Who is your podiums, your pole, and your bold prediction for this final race in F2? Oh, going straight in this. I'm going to say, I'm going to say for the sprint, I think, oh no, we'll go with pole first. Let's go pole for Oasa because he was very good around Yas I think he's going to boss the feature race, which I'll get onto. Sprint race, I'll say Vesti will win it. I'll put I'll put Behrman in second. He's coming off for of winning this feature in Monza. He has seriously impressed me this year as well. Again, I was saying about Paul Cher being younger. Behrman's even younger. What he's doing is unbelievable. So I get see him in a I think I'm sure he did a practice session in an F1 car for Ferrari not that long ago as well. So yeah, really glad to see what really excited to see what the future holds for him. Third place I'll put Jack doing. And I think for the feature. I'll put Awasa in for the victory. I'll put Paul Cher in P2. I think that'll see him through to the championship. And P3, let's chuck. Island support. Let's do some island support. Zane Maloney in for a podium. <laughs> I've got to do one last time in yeah. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even say him for Macau, so I feel like I definitely got to do that. But <laughs> he's still, there's a lot of drivers that are still not confirmed for next year, and he's one of them. Obviously, we've mentioned that they have been, they might be dropped from Red Bull's uh, development driving for next season as well. Yeah, interesting. I think I'm, I'm following a little bit of suit. I think Paul. I think will be Behrman because that premise is fast in general. And I think it will just add some more fuel to the fire of the battle if Vessi didn't take pole. I think podium for a sprint will be Awasa, then Victor Martins, and Isaac Hajar. Let's go with an outlier for it. Feature, I think Teo will win. I think Behrman will come in P2, and I think Vesti will come in P3. He's definitely go down to the wire for it. You're bold as well. We've not got to your bold prediction. Oh, we've not set bold, have we? No. To be honest, I think that this Maloney podium bold, he had a few, hasn't he? It's not really. I don't know. Let's say, is it again, is it bold? Is it not? Let's say Paul Share to DNF in the sprint. I think. I'm not putting him on the podium. I've put him to win the championship. I put him to come second in the feature and see it through. But I feel like there'll be some drama where it's just, oh no, it's it's letting it slip, he's bottling it. Something like that after the first one, but he'll come back to get a good result in the feature. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to go a little bit left field so it doesn't have to deal with the championship. I will say either Franco Colapinto, Paul Aaron. And also, I'll throw in Josh Mason uh, if he is racing. I, I can't see if it's confirmed or not if he's going to be doing Abu Dhabi. I think one of those three will be in the points. Pretty much any of the drivers who have not had a full F2 season will get points in the final race of the F2 2023 season. We'll see. 
timings of it are again those who might be listening to formula talk for the first time ever pretty much they have a single free practice on the friday followed by the qualifying session there's the sprint race on the saturday and the feature race on sunday the sprint race will be in between f1's free practice three and qualifying the feature race is obviously before the f1 race and then the uh, free practice will be the first event of the race weekend for both F1 and F2, and then qualifying will be in between the free practices in F1. So pretty much all kind of mixed in. So if you're like me, I just don't leave my apartment for the weekend because I'm just watching everything from F2, F1, especially when it's an F3 weekend as well. It, you just don't... <laughs> there's no breaks at whatsoever. It's from 7 in the morning sometimes all the way to probably about 5 p.m. in the evening. So... It's a great weekend, and I'm excited to see the season end. I like how it's gone down to the last wire and not been settled in Monza. It's been a great season so far, and we will be reviewing the entire F2 season in an episode. Same with the Formula 3 season and the F1 Academy season during that break while we wait for 2024 to return. Looking into 2024, we have a few news. Jack Crawford has decided to leave Red Bull Junior Driver, but has confirmed a 2024 seat, but not announced which team. The current Super Formula champion of Ritamara Mignata, sorry if I pronounced it wrong, I will learn it by 2024. He will be in the F2 seat, but not confirmed which team. Five confirmed teams have mentioned in the other episodes, five drivers, to have no team. So it's looking to be quite a big shakeup. George, where do you think Jack and Minata is going to be in the seats? I really don't know. I don't know who's who's got them available, really. It is interesting that Crawford's leaving Red Bull. I'm not sure if he said why he's doing that. Um, Dennis has done that as well. He's left Red Bull for next season as well. And then obviously it's rumored Enzo and Zayn are leaving as well. It's a mutiny. Uh, Maybe they've seen how they treat their drivers when they get to, to F1 and think, you know what? I don't want a piece of that, <laughs> which I would really wouldn't blame. That is a huge, that is a huge exodus from Red Bull. If all of them do leave, obviously some of them have left. So, yeah, very interesting there. There's uh, who's left at that point? Is Darufalus still a member of Red Bull? No, he's left too. He's not been doing particularly well, bless him either. So yeah, it's like who's going to be left? Who's going to potentially recruit instead of them? Very interesting. What about Wasser? Is he staying? No idea. He's not even confirmed for a seat for next season yet either as well. I, su- I suppose it's unlikely he'll win the championship, but if he were to win the championship, he can't stay. That's the rule, isn't it? You can't yep. stay in F2 if you win the championship. That's probably why. Um, but yeah, fascinating. I- I'm interested to see what some of these guys have to offer that are coming into F2. Uh, I'll be- it'll be sad to see some of them leave, obviously. But uh, yeah, and-, and another question as well is if Porsche Air, like does win the championship, as I've predicted, and as I think going off your results, you've predicted effectively as well. Then it's like, where does he go? Because we spoke about it before, like, where does he go? Because uh, he's obviously a Sauber Academy driver, but Bottas and Joe both confirmed for Alpha, sorry, will become Sauber for next year. Where does Paul Cher go? Does he go to Super Formula like Liam Lawson and people like that have? It's it's interesting. I guess he'd be a reserve driver officially if he's not already. Yeah, I th- I think he is the development and reserve driver, I think, or testing driver for BRT, though, because obviously he's with Victor Martins, the Alpine junior driver as well. Who knows? The only other driver that's part of the Red Bull Junior is Isaac Hajar with the high tech, but obviously 
he is alongside Jack Crawford currently, but again, we don't know if they've re-signed, High Tech has re-signed Jack. They could go to other teams mm. for it. I don't know. And then Dewan, obviously, last season as well, he's dropping out. I think, obviously, Jahan has dropped out because he's going into Formula E, PHM Racing. I think Roy has said it might be his last season as well, which will be interesting. Can't forget Ralph Boschon as well, the the oldest standing driver as well. But it's interesting. I don't know. Even the Super Formula champion as well. I don't know where fit maybe Dams. I wouldn't even know because there's no real kind of connection to Super Formula and Formula Two as well. I uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I've reached, what is the kind of pecking order of all this? Where does it all fit in? And it's difficult to put a number on it. And like we've seen as well with, it's not a very much topic for today, but things like the Formula Academy driver going to uh, going to Frecker, I believe it is Formula 4, effectively, which is, oh, I thought it would have been F3, or at least that's, you think it'd be in that order, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a tough one. And there's a lot, I'm just looking at the, the official roster, what's confirmed for next year, and there's a lot of TBAs, most of the grid is still undecided, and then one of the teams undecided as well, what they'll actually be called, which is, I'm not sure which one that is. Is, is that what it used to be, Sharoos? I think they've changed their name for this year, haven't they? Yeah, PHM Racing, that's Roy Nassani, Josh Mason's team, because it was Sharoos and then changed PHM Racing by Sharoos, and then Sharoos dropped off mid. So they're like PHM. But yeah. This year coming up, it's, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I'm interested to see where they go, and I'm but like you said, there are, there are some guys that are probably not going to come back. I mean, like Roy Nassani and <laughs> Ralph Boschop, they're nearly as old as me. But I think Nassani might actually be older than me. Let's have a look. Um, I wonder if he's 24 or 25. 28, he's the same age as me. No way. <laughs> and he's still in F2. I'm sorry. He's older than me as well. He turns 29 in a, in nine days, 30th of November. Yeah, for, for a junior driver, he is older than a significant amount of the F1 grid, including... I'll include that triple world champion now, Max Verstappen. <laughs> and also, I think one of the F2 drivers is 17, 18 as well. That's a thing as well. Literally a decade. 18 now. Oh, a my God. Between that. Oh. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it should be interesting. We'll definitely be covering any some of the new chats for throughout the season, during the off season for it. But. There's a lot to play for. And even looking at Formula 3, Prima's the only team with confirmed drivers. They have all three of their drivers announced, which we did cover in the previous episode of Formula Talk. But nobody else has confirmed their drivers as well. Lots of seats available, but who's going to take them? We don't know. We do have a new F1-backed driver for F1 Academy, which is Leah Block, who is backed by Williams. And she'll be driving alongside the McLaren-backed Bianca for the ART team. Block is also part of the Williams Driver Academy. And those who are unfamiliar for her because she hasn't grown up on the European circuit racing, she has been involved in Extreme E Rally at Nitro Cross next. And if you recognize the last name Block, her father, the late rally driver, Ken Block, who passed away in January this year. So I love how the family is still getting involved. And I've seen clips of her driving as well. I'm excited to see how she's moved from extreme Ely rally, the off-roading, into kind of the circuit style. I'm really excited. But those are our only two drivers confirmed for F1 Academy so far. 
what's your take on Leah coming into the circuit style? That's amazing. That's an incredible story. Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, great Ken Block, God bless his soul. I absolutely love watching him. I was first introduced to him and I think when he came on Top Gear and I was like, whoa, this guy's this guy's sick. That's what a 15-year-old George thought anyway. I'd probably use a different word now, but yeah, no, he was unbelievable. And he competed in WRC for a little bit as well, just so the guy was not just a show pony. He could really race those cars around dirt tracks. So I'll be very fascinated to see that. Many moons ago, we saw Kimi Wright and was like in rally and it did not go particularly well however i do think going the other way is relatively straightforward you don't have to worry about trees lining the outside of racing circuits in wind circuit racing not that it's easy by any means not that i'm gonna make out oh anybody could do it surely but i think going the other way if any it should be a lot easier for her i'm i'll be very fascinated to see how she does in the fuller academy next year yeah, the American driver as well. So obviously F1 Academy is going to be racing in Austin next year as well. I didn't know that Ken Block was also the co-owner of DC Shoes. My <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my emo younger preteen self loved those shoes growing up with the checkerboard prints and everything. Oh, but yeah, when I was researching everything for this episode, it's crazy. I'm excited that we have American on the grid as well. I think having not just European, because and you do also have Bianca as well, who is from the Philippines. I think having more than just the basic European countries represented, I think will also show more the global aspect and even just the growth of what racing can be for females, which is people in general in the sport. And the fact that it's following the F1 calendar as well, I'm really excited to see how that goes. But yeah, that season starts coming up. I believe Saudi Arabia is the first race of the F1 Academy season. So we'll be covering all the news for that leading up to the season starting with the any new drivers that come in. Still eight teams that have not confirmed their back drivers and then five that are backed by F1 Academy as well. So hopefully in the next couple months, we will get more news, especially also again, F3 and the remaining F2 seats. But yeah, I'm I'm so excited for the season to end. Should be a good one, and we'll be back next week to review to see who is the champion of F2 for the 2023 season. Formula Talk is available on YouTube, where most of the episodes are published, not recorded live. (laughs) Pretty much as well, you can find us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Grid Talk to find our back catalog and also our sister show of Grid Talk covering everything F1, that is qualifying and race results and previews. Please consider supporting our channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure you are subscribed so you're the first to know when each new episode is released. As mentioned, we'll be back soon with plenty of motorsport content. Thank you, George, for joining me today. Always nice to have you back on. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad I've come back on. I do enjoy listening to yours and Tom's uh, show on this regularly, and uh, yeah, it's good to be back on. Awesome, and thank you very much for listening to Formula Talk, presented by Bet Online. Goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.